0: Let me introduce you uh, to my, I'm Priscilla, and I'm your host for today, and uh, I'm from Brit Church in Bangalore, quite far away. Thank you. Um, I'm here to, um, to, be, to just be here and to help you with anything that goes on today, but let me introduce to you our speakers for today, who are Duncan and Jolie. Uh, they lead uh, God First Church, which is a multi-site church in Christchurch and Highcliffe. They've been married for 22 years, and they have three children. Uh, and uh, Duncan has been leading that church for nine years, but has been in church eldership for 16. And Joe is, leads the ladies' work, which is called God First Gorgeous Girls. That's right. Uh, and um, this seminar is really about going to be equipping us and releasing us as part of our show strategy into all that God wants us to be. And uh, when we know who we are in God, we are released and equipped to do great things for him. So over to you.
1: I was ready to respond there and then. I was like, ministry time, let's go. Um, well, it's good to be here. Um, Does anyone else sleep really well when they camp? Did you sleep well? I'm jealous and going to pray for my own deliverance of covetousness. Um, when you get a shower here, first of all, thing wake up 10 to 7 this morning, and you know when it's been a cold night when your shower gel is frozen, don't you? That's, that's bad, isn't it? So I thought, well, I'm speaking at a, se- a seminar, I, I really should probably try and have a wash and uh, try and be a bit clean. And um, well, over breakfast, this is our family breakfast, one of the things that well, I guess there's a, uh, I think probably an, an impartation as much as anything this morning for you guys, uh, because did you know that heaven is open over us? Did you know? Five of you know that heaven is open over. That's good. So uh, anyone know that heaven is open over us? Uh, And so, um, it was great. Uh, I had the privilege of leading in the youth work here on site for a number of years, but this is the first year that I spoke there on uh, whenever we arrived, Thursday night, and then that's it for us uh, in the youth work. But our son, who's 12, comes back uh, from being in the youth work last night, gets it starts to have these words of knowledge about healing. So brings this word of knowledge. Uh, so he's 12, prays for these guys. And he said, one guy who uh, had damaged, an adult leader had damaged his leg, I think about a year ago, wasn't it, Joe? Um, uh, uh, two years ago. Couldn't stand on one of these legs because he'd, he'd, he'd been clipped in. He'd fell off his bike. Uh, and Harry prayed for him, and his leg was completely healed. <laughs> That's quite cool, isn't it? So, so then... Uh, un, unbeknown, Chris Kilby's in there preaching, and Harry's sitting on, on the back. I said, what are you doing at the back, son? You know, typical pastor, pressure, pressure. Uh, no, not at all. And um, he said, so I was at the back, and Chris, un, unbeknown, called him to the front, prophesied over him, uh, and then gave him one of his books for free. So it's quite cool. Then over breakfast, we're chatting, nice bacon and eggs. and So it's nothing to do with a seminar, but I just think it's fun. Uh, bacon and eggs, it's nice. And um, Harry's... Uh, Harry and actually uh, one of my other uh, kids is here, uh, Megan, who uh, is going to be involved with us as a team today, and uh, uh, she's 17, and uh, Harry 12. Often, often just just see a- angels. Just what happens. I don't know if anyone else says that. I personally have never seen an angel. Uh, Sometimes Harry will come up to me, and one morning, Mornay was preaching or leading worship. He says, look, Dad, there's two angels standing uh, One uh, beside Mornay. I think that is encouraging Mornay, wasn't it? Uh, He was happy with that. So he says, so he said, look, son, when you see an angel, a good thing to do is to ask, what is the angel's name? Some of you are now freaking. You think, no, in the Bible, okay, there's angels that can lockpick. Have you seen that in Acts? Have you seen that? There's lock-picking angels. They're skilled in picking locks. I'm telling you. It's true. It's there. I've read it this week or last week. So, um, so, So he said, I asked the name of the angel, and the angel said his name was Alexander. I said, son, did it not cross your mind that if you're communicating with angels that maybe if this happened a few days ago, you should talk to us and tell us these things are happening. But no, it's, like, it's kind of normal. Uh, and so, and he said, oh, you, see, I think he was on Siri, he looks up, what does Alexander mean? It says something like guardian of humanity or something like that. So he's, <laughs> so he's chatting away with an angel in his bedroom called guardian of humanity. Uh, and we are finding that uh, God is... Open, the open heaven. There are some extraordinary things that we are seeing happen, just uh, in terms of the presence of God. People getting healed. Bumped into one guy ye- uh, yesterday. He said, "Do you remember me?" I, one of those awkward moments. No. Uh, and so he'd come to the Father Heart Conference. He said, "I'm the guy who got prayed for, uh, and my my I was pray- I, I'd gone to God uh, to be uh, to be healed of my tennis elbow." And realised I thought it was getting better than it wasn't, but then I realised my leg that was completely numb had his full full feeling restored <laughs> right down to his toes. So it was quite cool. Uh, another another lady spoke to us yesterday when we were at the youth meeting. She said she had really felt she was at the Father Heart Conference. She'd felt that she just didn't have a voice to speak. Just felt like she'd been pushed down uh, and didn't feel like she could just communicate the things on her heart and God. And she said, since the Father Heart Conference, I've started to write a book. <laughs> so it's quite that's quite cool, isn't it? Uh, another lady spoke to us yesterday. She said, I just began to tell people some of the things that, that I've got free of and I'm, I'm walking into. And I want you to hear this morning that, yeah, we, we will open the Bible. We will teach. Uh, we will have some ministry probably just in a moment. We'll do it all back to front, I think. I feel a bit naughty, I think, because I'm tired. I feel like I wonder what God wants to do. Uh, does anyone else get like that when they're tired? I just get really naughty. So um, and uh, uh, and so you know we, we, we'll look at that and uh, and do that. I've lost my train of thought now, but um, I think it'd be great. Uh, can we just? I, I, he was just hearing Terry speak. I just think that was vintage Terry. It's like if you could put it in a bottle and drink it, that that would be that would be Terry. It'd be like vintage Terry. Uh, and so. Uh, And you know, the, the, the other thing, in a room like this, I want you to hear that you are sons and daughters of God, that this room is staggeringly overflowing with potential for kingdom breakthrough you take nothing else away from this that's that's it Morne built that foundation yesterday about citizens of heaven and just look at some of of that from another angle this morning Uh, if we get time we'll see Uh, but but there's potential here Uh, and the prophetic what the prophetic is is it's simply this it is the father's perspective on you that's, that's the prophetic. That, that's what prophecy is. It's heaven's voice over you. Uh, and so when, when you prophesy, that's why it strengthens, encourages, and comforts, because it's the heavenly Father. And who knows that, that the Father is a good Father? Yeah? Whatever your earthly Father is like, or however you think you are as a Father, the truth is you have a perfect Father if you're a Christian uh, in here this morning. If you're not, then you will be by the end. Uh, and so, so I wonder, should we stand? I know you've got your notebooks. I thought it was just a seminar. I've got my notebook. I bought it especially and everything. Uh, so prophetic team, we've got some guys who have been praying uh, about stuff. I, actually, just, just one thing. This, this this just close our eyes for a moment. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to just gonna, gonna release some prophetic. Lord, we just welcome you in this place. We say, Holy Spirit, we love your presence. We covet your presence. We live for your presence. We echo what Terry said. We're not, we're not building a building without the presence. We, we are building it as a wineskin to hold the presence of God. Thank you. Your word says that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that we are literally the place where heaven meets earth uh, as you dwell in us. No longer is it a physical temple, but it's a temple uh, of, of, of people that are being built together as a dwelling place of the presence of God. And so we just say, Lord, I just pray even now would you release fresh perspective on who we are? This is a rather sensitive one, but me and Joe talked and we both heard the same word yesterday after what Mornay was speaking about parenting. But is there anyone here who's who's really would love to love to conceive but has struggled to conceive and would love kids? Can you just raise your hand if that's you? Because I, I believe that God's gonna thank you. Just, wonder, just with our eyes open, because I hope this is okay. Um, perhaps there's one hand over here. Just wonder if a couple of ladies, if you're happy with that, just could could lay hands. And I'm going to get Joe to come and pray. Actually, uh, there's another another hand here. Really, we really both felt felt like the Lord gave me specific pictures. Something to do with o- ovaries there, and there's something that God wants to heal. I think, but there's 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 God going to bring release. Joe, can you just come and pray? Can you just can you just come and just felt sometimes with this type of thing we often referen- reference um the ladies in the room. But I think there are, there might be a man here um or your wife might not be in the room right now, but as a man you might carry something about that too. So to we'll encourage you if there is somebody like that, just lift your hand and we will come and pray with you as well. Okay.
2: Yeah, should we pray? Father, I just thank you, you are here right now. We thank you there is an open heaven. Father, I thank you. you, love your sons and your daughters so much, and we just declare healing over these people, Lord, that have struggled to conceive. Thank you, Lord, that children are a gift from God. They are a gift from God, and we just pray blessing and healing right now in Jesus' name and release to come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, amen. Thank
3: you, Lord. Yeah,
1: thank you. So I Andrew and Megan, you've got some, just maybe one prophetic word each that you could bring, if you've got. Just stay stay before God, see what he's going to do. Andrew.
4: Are there, is there a Jane or a Stephen uh, in the room here this morning? And it's a Stephen with a PH not a V. Jane or Stephen, please stick your hand in the air. Jane or Stephen. Stepping out here rather dangerously and challengingly. Some, you're, you're, you're Jane. You're, uh, you're, you're Jane. The Father says to you, Jane, that you can actually hear His voice. There have been things happening in your life that have militated against that. And the Father says you can hear His voice. You really can. You do hear His voice. You do hear his voice, Stephen. Anywhere at all? Ph, down there. Okay, good, good, good. Um, where are you, Stephen? I can't quite see you. Okay, ba- ba- a baby, there. That's uh, that's. Yeah, no, uh, no, no problem at all. So, Stephen, there is ministry in you. There is ministry in you, and it's going to be a word ministry. It's going to be quite a powerful word ministry. You've got it in you, and the fact that you're sitting there with the baby on your lap, like newborn babes crave for the pure milk of the word. So you've got ministry in you. You might uh, might find that slightly difficult to receive, but nonetheless, there is ministry in you.
5: Hey yeah, Um is there an Ellie here? Ellie? <laughs> yeah. Ellie? 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 No
1: Ellie. <laughs> no Ellie? <laughs> cool. That's good. Go nice. Okay.
5: Um, I just feel like um, it's yeah. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, I feel like I had a picture of um a heart, and there's two things that Jesus wants to say. Um, first thing that he loves her heart um, and that there's going to be like a new um, experience of love that he's got for her um, like a new season of understanding what um, he thinks for as well um, and I got um, kind of the word chosen as in she's not loved just out of because God has to but actually because he chooses to love her um, so yeah that's for her. Well, <laughs> thank well you done.
1: well done, brilliant, thanks Meg thanks Andrea, so stay before the Lord, Lord we honour your presence here to feel for some of you right now just feeling just the embracing love of God upon you. There's going to be loads of stuff. We're going to talk about stuff we're going to do and press into and go for, but it's going to start from a place of intimacy and rest that we are going to from approval, not for approval. The Father's love is in this place. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Someone with stomach problems here. Lord, is just healing you right now. Just If that's you, just reach out. Just reach your hands. There's stomach problems being healed right now. There's uh, some sort of uh, a- allergic reactions to food being healed right now. In Jesus' name, we proclaim healing and release. We say, let your kingdom come, Lord. Thank you that you're a good God. You are good. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's grab a seat. Amen. And just say that we've got to learn to be able to do this stuff... In Tesco, that's my basic model. Okay, Uh, and so if we get all spooky and religious and weird, you're going to freak the cashier out. Okay, Uh, and so what it means to be released to be great is to say, look, I'm a kingdom carrier. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm, uh, but I'm really normal. Uh, And so that's why I don't have my piano player from church following me around, Uh, because it just takes too long to rig the kit up and kind of in Tesco, it's just too long. Uh, But learning to hear the whisper of of, of heaven. I don't know about you, but I love um, Apple products. Anyone else love Apple products? Yeah. Uh, I, think they're, I think they're God's gift. I think they will be in heaven, and all Windows items and Android will be somewhere else. Um, and uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't often start a seminar by quoting Steve Jobs, but he says this, he, or said this. He, he said, Here's to the crazy ones. Do you remember that advert? This was an advert with him narrating, here's the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them, but the one thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward and while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. And it it fades to uh, the old Apple Mac symbol with the rainbow on and it says, think different. Uh, and I just think that the church is in a day where, where we need to think differently I think that for so long I think even what Terry was saying we, we kind of got trapped into this idea that, that we kind of go to church uh, and come home from church eat a roast dinner and critique the sermon uh, and I think I think there's got to be more and so we, we began to just look at this as a church and begin to put some of this in practice and, and one of the things that we say is that you know your mind is renewed you know that you know when you can think differently is when the impossible looks logical do you understand that so when that which looks impossible looks logical uh, it becomes uh, you begin to know your n- mind is renewed so one of the things we uh, we want you to know when it when it comes to this this issue of release to be great is that you've got to know God is good you know he's better than you think so you need to change the way you think whatever situation you're in and I know my life has ups and downs believe it or not even as a church leader uh, it's not all uh, all plain sailing uh, and actually God is good through the midst and the middle of it who knows this? Nothing is impossible with God. Listen to this. Release to be great. This is insanity, really, when you think about it. But it's in the Bible. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the, from the dead lives in you. Say to the person next to you, that's amazing. That's better than winning the football. <laughs> the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's got to mean something, isn't it, when you go about your, your, your everyday life in terms of being released to be great. The victory is in the cross. And so we don't fight to win, but we fight from absolute victory. You know, as a Christian, you're allowed to read the end of the book. It's called Revelation. It gives all the outcome. It's not like reading a novel. You can, you're allowed to flick to the end, okay? Say, oh, that's the end. That's not, gonna, that's not a spoiler. That's a helper, okay? And so everyone is significant in this room. So how about this? Try this. Who's got a phone here? Get it out. Oh, this is going to be fun. Everyone is significant in this room. Bible says it. Do you know the Bible doesn't just say, it says, you are his masterpiece. So the Bible says, you are his poem, his workmanship. You're like his prize prize item. Take your phone. If you've got a camera, turn it to camera. Now, take the camera and turn it to selfie. (laughs) Now, Get your camera and hold it in front of you. Nice shot. And you, you point at it and say, "You are amazing." <laughs> Hang on. You, you're a world changer. And you're absolutely really gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Sorry, you should have stayed in
1: Andrew Wilson's seminar. It would have been, like, full of depth and stuff. But, but you know, that, that is true. And if, if you can get hold of that, if you can look in the mirror and say, do you know what, you're a world changer. I had a story of a guy who, uh, very senior uh, in the military, and um, two years ago came to the Father Heart Conference. Uh, so he'd achieved pretty much, he'd been, he was way up there. And uh, he spoke to me after the Father Heart Conference, and he said, he said, God just, just rocked my world. I just, I've just been transformed. And he said, Joe, you know, for the first time in my life, I put on a white shirt. I looked at the mirror and I heard God say, that's how I see you. Isn't that amazing? That is how it, If we get an understanding of our identity, the, the posh word, the imputed righteousness of Christ, it's, it's as though his righteousness is our righteousness. And so you can look in the mirror without being self servant and you can say, God is, I mean, his masterpiece. And all that Mornay said yesterday, not so that we're we're these stagnant lakes of self-glorifying nonsense, but that so we are rivers of the goodness of God, and so that your glory becomes the glory, uh, the glory of God in you becomes the glory that spreads around. Uh, And so I think we've made it ever so complicated and ever so difficult, but the scandal of the gospel is you were dead in your sin, you are now alive in him, you were objects of wrath, but... But, Ephesians 2, because of the grace of God, grace getting that which you didn't deserve poured out on your life, you are now the righteousness of Christ. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it good? And um, I'm happy for you to be more African and Pentecostal, actually. So if you want to talk, whoop, amen, and say it with an accent, that's even better. I'm um, only really actually page one of my notes, which is pretty disturbing. Um, this is what I've written. We want in commission to create an empowering culture within our churches where people are given permission to walk in their God-given authority towards the dreams God has given them with greater strength and confidence and change the world. You know? Wouldn't that be amazing? we begin to realize who we are. Oxford definition, when we talk about release to be great, one of the phrases I think we can talk about is empowerment. The Oxford definition is this, to give someone the authority or power to do something or make someone stronger or more confident. You know, Jesus is interesting because he, he, during his lifetime, he did many miracles. You know, he ruined every funeral he went to i just mean, like I thought we we're going to you know, get some food after this, and they're going to raise the dead, and it's all changed. And uh, and you know he he's healing the sick, he's raising the dead, he's uh, he's forgiving the sinner, he's he's challenging the religious authorities, and yet his central strategy for changing the world was to invest in people like you and me. And so he takes himself off and goes up a mountain, and he and he prays, and it says that he appointed twelve, designating them apostles, which means sent, doesn't it? That they might be with it with uh, that. They might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And so that then extends from 12 kind of patriarchs, fathers of the faith, to then to 72 and beyond. And men and women, then we see in our New Testament, uh, apostolic teams of men and women travelling with the Apostle Paul and others beginning to spread this gospel. And a wonderful encouragement is that none of those men, the original 12, were particularly impressive. In fact, when you look at Peter, he's particularly unimpressive, uh, to be honest. Uh, even to the extent Paul had to tell him off, didn't he, uh, later on. And so you need to understand this is a gospel now. One new man in Christ, it's not just about being a Jew, It's and all of that stuff. Uh, and so, But Jesus picks those guys because I think he had incredibly empowering beliefs about those he was going to train. And I want you to understand from heaven, Jesus is interceding for you right now and he has incredibly empowering beliefs about you. And some of you immediately think, I can some of sense that in my spirit, you think, not me, it's the person behind me, next to me. It's you. It's actually you. Male, female, young, old, highly educated, not so educated, whatever it is, and we might not feel impressive but God has empowering beliefs about us. And so that's why there's potential in this room. And so I've written this. There's no media middle ground in Christianity. Listen, if Jesus is God, which he is, if Jesus is alive and if Jesus is seated in heaven and if Jesus is roaring with all authority, there is no option for safe Christianity anymore, is there? And so we live in a world, particularly as a, a millennium generation comes through, we live in a world increasing where people are saying, show me the truth you're telling me, demonstrate it. And it freaks people out when you say, can I pray for you? And they walk on, you know, on the street, and they walk off as though they say, yeah, you can. And you say, no, 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 I want to pray for you now. So I was sitting on a plane uh, going on holiday. Uh, we got to go to Mallorca, which was great. And, um, and I was sitting on the plane, and if I'm really honest, uh, like Shirley said yesterday, I, I have to remind myself I'm a citizen of heaven. So we're sitting, there's five of us, and there's one seat next to me, uh, and the guy sit, sitting next to me arrives. I, I just uh, thought... God, is there anything you want to say to this guy? And then, of course, when you ask, God speaks, which is irritating because yeah, now I'm on the hook. Joe's sitting next to me, like, I'm not going to tell Joe because she will then make me speak to him. <laughs> so, what I'll do is I'll keep it to myself and I'll, in the baggage collection, I'll just say, I had this word and I bottled it. And anyway, he he then, he, he's, quite, he's quite an unusual guy. He's a young guy and kind of looking at his phone and laughing the whole time. So, I don't know, maybe he's doing what we were doing earlier. But um, so, God just spoke to me about it's interesting because he he said, I felt to say something about his dad and and something about him visiting family, which is weird because I'm on a flight. It's a holiday holiday flight. And I was thinking, well, how does that fit? And I ended up bringing the word. It wasn't about his dad. It's about his uncle. Uh, and 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 I said, I just I just felt uh, something about your family. He said, why did you think that? I said, well, you're now going to think I'm crazy, but I'm a Christian and I asked God to speak and that's what I felt he said. So at least I said, I'm a Christian and I'm going to speak and that's where that one went. But the the, the idea of actually wherever we are, released to be great, it's got to be on holiday, it's got to be on the train journey, it's got to be uh, in the office place or in the home, at the school gate, whatever it is, because we are not just released from hell, like Mornay said yesterday, we are released for impact, for transformation. Uh, And so uh, empowering beliefs, what you believe about good, God, your circumstances, other people, yourself is fundamental. What you believe about God, yourself, other people and your circumstances is fundamental. And so the favour we've been given by God is for the sake of the world and our belief systems impact that. Right beliefs about my identity empower me for breakthrough. And and. That is interesting why I think when it comes to kingdom breakthrough, we don't want to often hear this, but the key is repentance. And often we think repentance is at West Point. It's, it's at the front. It's when I've really messed up and there's floods of tears and snot and mess and, and rubbish. Do you know, repentance is a, is a lifestyle. Repentance, is a, what it means is this. It means metanoia. It means to think differently, to reconsider, to change your mind on purpose. And so I've had to go through a journey where I thought, could I really believe God could do that? I was standing in front of one meeting uh, and this guy came to the front and he said I, I was blind and I can see now <laughs> so I'm literally there I got there was a GP and I said you need to come over here GP and test this out and holding fingers up and trying to work out count the fingers he literally uh, it, he, he, he had a disease and he said I, I now can see what I couldn't see before and, and it shifts things because I think, could I believe that? Will I think differently? Will I think differently? And so repentance is about a transformation of our thoughts. It's through the scriptures again and again where that, that father comes before Jesus uh, and just says, uh, says, says that my boy, is, he, he keeps throwing to fits and looking like he's going to be thrown into a fire. And if you'll help Jesus, if I'll help, of course I'll help. And then he says, Jesus do you believe? And the father says, I do believe. And he says, help me to believe. Now, does anyone else feel like that? I, I utterly believe, help me. <laughs> so, so in the moment when you're, you're in that workplace moment or you're feeling like, Duncan, I remember Duncan more they about the citizens of heaven and released to be great. And, and can I believe it? It's coming back again So I, I'm going to step into that. I'm choosing to believe. Do you, know when, do you know how you know if you've got enough faith for something? You'll pray. That's it. So, if you're willing to pray for someone, you—that shows that you must have enough faith. You know, recently I had a situation where, where I was confronted by one, where someone had died in our church, uh, and um, you then immediately been challenged by the church about will you pray for resurrection? And so. We, we, we walked through that. I mean, more than they talked about. I mean, Joe talked. I won't get into details. It's sensitive. It was a tragic death, actually. And that was why one of the things that, 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 that I think came through is the challenge. But for a member in my church to text me and say, how do you feel about going to the coroners? I think that is culture shifting. Do you understand? There are moments where you think actually that person's their elderly, or it's or well actually it's a, re, it's a release, and, it, and you just think that, that, that there's just times you think I feel at peace about this. this. Did not have peace about it. It was it was tragic. It was it was abrupt. It was it was a loss in that sense, and an abrupt, untimely loss. And it was something you think, yeah. So so I did. I rang the coroners three times. Said, can 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 I come? Can I? And for all sorts of legal reasons, you can't. But I thought if I'm going to stand up and say this, then I have to be. I have to follow through on the reality of what that means when the challenge comes and what it means. Now, for you, it might not be that. For many of us in this room, for, for some of us, it, it's going to be, what does it mean in my parenting? What does it mean at my workplace? But I, I just think, please don't hear someone standing at the front saying, oh, you do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> internal transformation for us all results in external transformation. Your internal world, if you have internal peace, the storms around you will be calm. That, does that make sense? And so all you need to steward is your heart. That's what release to be great mean. It's not rah, 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 let's shout, and then three weeks after West Point, we're all tired and worn out, we're trying. No, no, no. Full of the Spirit, cultivating this this heart towards God that... That spills this river of goodness and living a lifestyle of repentance. Every Lord, I'm so I, I want I do believe. Help me to believe. I repent. I turn from where I haven't believed and I turn to the One who's roaring in heaven with all authority. I turn from believing that there's no answer to this problem when you're the God of the impossible. I repent of believing it. You know, there was a story uh, from Smith Wigglesworth, a guy who had no legs, went into uh, a shoe shop and. Uh, <laughs> Asked for a pair of shoes. Asked for a pair of shoes, and this guy, as as he as he prayed to him and handed him, kind of, what size do you give shoes to someone who's got no legs? I don't I don't know how that works. But as he got the shoes, the legs grew. Now. The, this, this is not, This is. these are true stories. Read it. Smith Wigglesworth, read. Uh, people like Mariah Etworth, just just read the story. Amy Semple McPherson, read the stories. And see, in our history, it's built upon people who take God at his word and journey with him and take steps of faith. And it always feels like a risk. And so we're going to do a little exercise now. Uh, and we're going to deal with some lies. Who wants to deal with some lies? The, four of you say so, uh, anyone think they might be believing some lies and th- th- there's some repentance? I- I'm going to deal with him I've got my piece of paper here so joe come and help us be careful around her she's dangerous okay <laughs>
2: Rah! right we're going to break some lies off this is going to be so much fun it's not going to be scary at all and all it's going to be is releasing it's going to be fantastic my testimony a couple of years ago i believed the lie that i was insignificant i believed that lie that i was insignificant It stopped me from doing loads of things. It stopped me from doing anything up front. Look where I am! Look where I am! It stopped me. For 20 years, I wanted to lead worship, but I daren't do it because I felt I didn't have a voice. I felt I was insignificant. Do you know, God... Smash the lie that I'm insignificant and I am so different. You ask any of my friends, I'm a different girl since God just smashed this lie, and we're going to do the same for you guys this morning. So, your pieces of paper you were given as you came in, grab them, grab them. Have you got them? Yeah. Rip them apart. Yeah. Wow. Have <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got a pen? You need a pen. You can use your West Point pen. Okay, right. Now, on the piece of paper that has no writing on it, this is what I want you to do, you brave, courageous sons and daughters of God. This is what I want you to do. I want you to write down on the blank piece of paper the biggest, fattest Ugliest lie that you believe about yourself. Now, I want you to be brave. I want you to be real. Now, it could be things like I'm not significant like me. It could be I'm not worthy. I'm a failure. I don't believe God's promises over my life. Others are better than me. I'm not beautiful. I'm not prophetic. It could be anything. So I want to do this really quickly. Don't overthink it, but be really honest, okay? Go for it. Write them down. Or write the biggest one down. Be really brave, guys. This is a moment of freedom for you. You can, you can um, fold it so another, no one can see it when you've written it down if you want. Has everyone written them down? Yeah. Are we done? Does anyone need any more time? No, this is good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of time. (laughs) Which one to put? Oh, please. The biggest, fattest one that you'll believe in. Okay. Now, on the second piece of paper, the one that says, I'm believing the truth, that I would like you to write the truth that replaces the lie that you've written. So, if you've put something like, I'm not significant, you write, I am significant. I'm not worthy. I am worthy. I believe God's promises over my life. I am beautiful. I'm not a failure. I am successful. I am unique. I am perfect in his sight. So write the truth that God says over you that replaces the lie. So write that down now. Are we done? Anybody need more time? Yep, okay. We'll leave it one more second. Okay. Can I just say, you guys are so precious to your father. His love over you is intense. It says in the Bible, he spins round in delight over you. You are so, so precious to him. I've got some very shocking words for you. I'm going to tell you something very shocking. The lie that you wrote down and the lies that you believe in your head only have power if you choose to believe them. They are only words to choose the truth that your father says over you is where freedom will come over you. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray together and repent of believing the lie that you have believed over yourself. Do you know, it doesn't have to be dramatic. When I when I pray to God about the insignificant thing, I was in the kitchen on my own. I knelt down on the floor. There was no lightning. There was no writing on the wall. There was no music from heaven. It was just, I prayed. And then when I got up, And when I started doing things, I felt I was, I knew I was completely different. And I saw the fruit of that. So repentance, like Duncan said, is turning around and it's changing the way that we think. So can we just stand and we're going to pray together. So we're gonna, I'm going to say, I repent of believing the lie that, and you're going to repeat that, but you don't have to say your lie loud, because I'm going to be really nice to you. Is that all right? So you can say it in your head. So we're all going to say, I repent of believing the lie that. So here we go. I repent of believing the lie that you say your lie in your head. And then you're going to repeat after me. Please forgive me for living under the influence of this lie. Okay? Please forgive me for living under the influence of this lie. And then, I choose to forgive myself for believing this lie. I choose to forgive myself for believing this lie. I renounce and I break my agreement with this ungodly belief. I renounce and break my agreement with this ungodly belief. And I choose to accept and believe the truth that... And then you say your truth. So I choose to accept and believe the truth that... You say the truth to you. Amen. Amen. Can we clap? You can take your seats again. Do you know God is so good and he loves his children to be free? So, what we're going to do now, prophetic action, is you take your lie, I'm going to pass around the saucepan of lies. I'd like you to rip your lie up into the smallest, tiniest pieces because this is the lie that is gone. And we're going to pass one saucepan that way and one saucepan this way and rip your lie and stick all the rubbish in the saucepan of lies. So, pass it round. So what you need to do with your truths is stick it on your mirror, stick it in your Bible, stick it where you're going to see it every day. And shall I tell you what happens when the enemy... The enemy is scared right now because these lies that are being smashed today, he's scared because it means you guys are going to be freer than you were before you walked in. So shall I just give you one piece of advice? When that lie pops in your head, remember it's only words, it's not truth, only if you believe them. When the lie pops in your head, what you do, two things, you laugh because it's ridiculous and then you declare the truth, what your father says over you. And then the more that you do it, the lie won't start to come because the enemy knows he's got no foothold there so is that good you laugh at the lie and then you declare the truth of what your father says over you now okay just really really quickly i want one brave person to run up here and tell me what their lie is was and what their truth that they're now believing one brave person go on yes you over here (laughs) two go on you jane as well yeah we're gonna laugh at your lies when you say them what's your name Louise, what was the lie that you were believing? I believed that I wasn't worthy of being completely happy. Oh, that is ridiculous. Do you believe that that is ridiculous? Do you think the father says over Louise that she is allowed to be happy? What do you think the truth is that he says over you, Louise? Well. (laughs) Declare it, girl.
1: I am worthy of living in the amen. joy, complete
2: joy yes.
1: of the Lord. Yeah. Yes,
2: amen! <laughs> yes! That's awesome. Well done,
3: Louise. That's fantastic. Jane? Okay. Well, there was two things, okay? Um, line number one was um, I wouldn't get married. Okay, that, that's line number one. And line number two um, is even though I've got a degree and I've got master level modules, uh, there's something I've covered up for a number of years and I was assessed this year for dyslexia. Um, when, I, when I read, um, I would love to be able to uh, do a reading in church and not lose my place uh, when I read out loud. Um, I'm fine with friends, but uh, in a, in a, uh, I just need the professional voice. I just need the voice of clarity voice of calmness and um i just so that's really really been hard so um i just um that i will have that um uh clarity of speech and a voice of excellence for god and um because that's that's my heart Brilliant. that's my heart
2: so what does the father what does the truth
3: say over you over this lie um, uh, uh, um a, I will get married, and B, um, I've, I, I, God will speak through me, and it will be uh, bold and calm and professional, and there will be clarity of speech.
2: Yeah! Well done, girls! Wow, she's amazing! Well done! Thank you! Wow,
1: well, thanks, Joe. How many lies are in the saucepans of... Lies. <laughs> Source pans of lies. So um thanks, Joe. We, we we are running horribly out of time, but um Eric Johnson says this. He says there will always be great individuals through history, but I dream of a day when an entire generation of people are referred to as a great generation that believed and conquered the impossible. For this to take place, a shift in our thinking needs to take place. We all need to carry the idea of personal ownership and responsibility. It begins when people embrace the idea that God designed them for greatness and that he has given them gifts and talents and skills. It's up to uh, each of us to determine what part we play in the grand scheme of things, but but first we need to give ourselves and each other permission to be great. So you can give yourselves permission to be great. You can say to the person next to I give you permission to be great. Now, actually, there's a whole, whole load of... Um, there's a whole load of other things that I wanted to go through, and but I think actually Morne covered lots of stuff. But I just want to make a couple of comments um, from Genesis 1 and to say this, that your empowerment, the empowerment of humankind was always God's original design. Morne picked that up yesterday, uh, but I want you to hear that, that from the angle of you are his image bearers, that you reflect the glory of God. Paul put it this way, he said, you are my ambassadors as though God himself was speaking. You, it's as though God himself was here speaking, you are his ambassadors. So empowerment was God's original design. Release to be great means this. It means massive amounts of freedom and boundaries. And we know that in the Garden of Eden that that, that God gave uh, a whole load of freedom. He said, you're free to eat from any tree in Genesis 2.16. So that's a lot of freedom, isn't it? But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will die. And so often we hear about this release to be great and empowerment, and we can go home to our church and say, Duncan said, Mornay said, actually, what it means is this. It doesn't mean it's about our agendas, our priorities, what we think. That's Western individualism. What the Bible says is that we function in terms of a to an accountable God who says that one day every mouth will be silent. That's what Romans 1 says. and Psalm 90. He talks about a God from everlasting uh, to everlasting. And so there's this kind of liberty and liberation. There's this liberty and limitation, rather. And so I think what that means is this, that, that God is releasing us, but there's boundaries as well. And so I think that's why there are two trees in the garden. I think it would have been easier, actually, for God to have put one tree in the garden and the other tree that he didn't want anyone to touch on Mount Everest. I think that would have been a lot easier. But God's a God of freedom and of choice. And so as you are released, this is really fascinating. As you are empowered, what happens is you're not now looking for an external kind of uh, force to tell you what you can and can't do. You're saying that my heart is the wellspring of life, so I guard that. And now I'm an empowered son and daughter. And guess what? You can make choices. You can make choices about what you do and what you don't do. You can make choices about how you walk with the Lord and how things progress forward. And there's more they said yesterday. This isn't just about getting to heaven. It's about going on the journey of cultivating a garden around us. And so true empowerment, true release means there's willing obedience and willing restrictions. That, that is how the New Testament works. It's a bit like with my children when they're little. We, it's, you could say to them, you can play on anything in the playground, but don't go over the fence because there's a road. And so boundaries are there for our protection. And so when we talk about empowerment and release, the New Testament's perspective is this. It says, you're a saint, not a sinner. Did you know that? So on a Sunday morning, it'd be actually very appropriate to say, stand up, saints. (laughs) That means holy ones, means set apart ones. And so you're a saint. The Bible says grace teaches you to say no. The Bible says you have a father who will always give you an exit uh, when you're facing temptation, but you are a powerful son or daughter of God. You're also this, released to be great because you are adopted as children of God. This doctrine of spiritual adoption, some of us maybe have at the Father Heart Conference and Phil Wilfew talked there about how this doctrine of adoption has been really ignored by the church. And, and what, what I think happens is this, that, that, we, that we can understand truth but very often not experience it. And I think adoption, when you look at actually adoption in, in the world, in, in, in our humanity, in the way, it's a phenomenal thing that, that parents choose to pick a child and bring them into the goodness of their family. It's an amazing picture of adoption, of what it means to be spiritually adopted. And so, did you know this, that you are accepted? Anyone know that? That you are affirmed. The, fir- the Father affirms you. In fact, even as I'm saying that, some of you, I feel like you've, n- you've never had affirming words from your Father, from your earthly Father. Words of affirmation. I want you to hear that heaven's words of affirmation are these over this room. The Father from heaven says, you're my son, you're my daughter. I'm really pleased with you. <laughs> that's, that's the creator of the world gazing at you and saying, I'm, I'm so pleased with you because you are in Christ. And that's what he said of his son. Some would argue that the central event of Jesus's earthly uh, time on earth was his baptism, as heaven opened, uh, and there's this this kind of moment where where the affirmation of heaven. Of course, then it's going to go cross, resurrection, ascension. Of course, those moments are cosmic, changing moments. But this this that moment was an incredible moment as as heaven opened and the Father spoke, and he he speaks over you. You are in him. The Spirit is on you, and he's speaking. Did you know you have access? The bible says this in hebrews 4:16. let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need if i was translating the bible i would put it like this god has given us fridge rights that's how i'd put it so what that means is none of my kids ask me whether they can go in the fridge and eat anything they just do it if the tesco man did it it'd be odd because the Tesco delivery man does not have fridge rights in our house. Uh, and so if you want to understand that, that verse, you have fridge rights to the resources of heaven. God has is, God is opened it all up to you because you're adopted. And there's affection. Joe said this. It says it in Zephaniah 3.17. He's spin, it's spinning. Actually, you could translate, translate it like this. The Father is spinning with violent delight over you. It's like... It, it's like he he's almost feels like he's out of control with excitement over you. Do you hear that? You can tell your face is that as well. That would be great. Um, <laughs> So so you, you you need to understand spiritual adoption empowers you massively. You know it's more than head knowledge. I, I know and I and actually what Terry was saying that was so well rounded because he was saying look it's the prophetic it's the spirit and it's teaching and its truth and its word and spirit and that that's who we are but I think so often we can be truth 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 uh, and it and it can become form without experience if if you understand it, it can become form without power which is religion. So I know it. Now In the West, we think because we know something, we're doing it, or because we can explain something, we've experienced it. That's not how all cultures in the world work. And I know that was true for me. I could teach you spiritual adoption. I could teach it for an hour in a seminar like this, but I hadn't really experienced it. And the net result, as an elder, as a church leader, okay, I know you think maybe your elders are perfect or maybe you don't, uh, but I know sometimes people can put elders on pedestals. You know, we we, we, are, uh, in terms of elders, men on a journey. And so for me, uh, insecurity, because I didn't know the full uh, adopting affection of the Father or or fear or comparison. That's a killer, particularly amongst church leaders. I tell you, the first conversation amongst church leaders is, so uh, you launched Alpha. Uh, How many on your Alpha course? So at that point, and now it, now it goes, like this. So, so you're a multi-site church. How many sites have you got? Uh, and, and comparison is a killer. Whatever comparison is for you, your, your physical appearance, your education, or, or whether you're single or married, three kids, two kids, how your kids are doing compared to the other. Yeah, everyone else's kids, you know, these, I have to be careful because one of mine are in here uh, and she might hurt me. But, you know, everyone else's kids are doing brilliantly and my, I'm struggling and, and what do people think of me uh, and so on, or shame or regret. You know, a spiritual adoption wipes it out because you can feel and experience the affirmation of a spinning father over you who is excited to know you, who says, you're my son, you're my daughter, I'm well pleased. One other comment I just want to draw together, and I'm going to make some landing comments, and we have just a quick bit of ministry at the end as well, is that I want us to understand the difference between the church and the kingdom. So, So the church is... The kingdom is bigger than just the church. And I think what's happened is this: that that I I got saved into a New Frontiers church. I lead a church. I've I've made huge sacrifices for the church. Actually, Jesus says he loves the church. But Jesus says, I will build my church. You seek the kingdom. And so the ultimate sign of empowerment and release for people like you, is not who's got the mic at the front. It's, it's a church that are on mission out in the world who are released to be great out there. And so I feel ever so uh, passionate about it because I think what it can be is I, I got to prophesy that, that makes me really powerful. No, 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 no. You, you are called to be released and shape and cultivate the world. And so uh, so what's happened with church is it's this. It's, well, I go to church. I'm on a rotor of, uh, 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 in serving in the church, and I do the things I'm supposed to do. Rather than this, the church is the community of God, a spirit-filled people who are, who are working out community together, being a demonstration of what heaven looks like on earth, and then spilling out into their communities. And so the question changes I think in leadership and for us in our churches, it's not, not what, how is our church doing. It's what would happen in our town if the church, if me and you really got hold of God. If I believed nothing is impossible with God and acted on that, what would happen in the town that I live And so we gather to get refreshed, we gather to hear the word, we gather to be with one another, we gather to get filled up with the spirit and encourage one another and stir one another and have fellowship with one another and then we scatter like salt and light into the community as released people and so it's ever so important and so when you come to the, this kind of thing of the kingdom of God it's not time to unpack it all now I think Mornay did some of that Jesus and John the Baptist launched their, their ministries on the basis of the kingdom of God is near in fact there's verse upon verse as you look that, that, through the scriptures through Acts again and again it's the gospel of the kingdom uh, and uh, Jesus talking about the keys of the kingdom and seek first the kingdom it's broader than that And so in this room there are there are scientists and people in education and healthcare and mums and dads and single parents and people who are perhaps retired and saying, Look, how do I bring, how am I, how am I releasing the kingdom of God and the river of his goodness into a community uh, through who I am, understanding my identity, understanding I'm adopted and being who I am. Does that make sense? So important, because otherwise we, we can get locked into thinking that the only real thing of, uh, of being released is to do that in the church. So you, you know you're, you're assigned and empowered to go and bring the kingdom of God and transformation to every sphere of life. Do you know that means you bring freedom, you bring peace, you bring righteousness, you bring joy, you bring healing, you bring hope, you bring restoration. That is what the Great Commission was. It, it wasn't just to go and get along with an individual disciple. It was... Go and make disciples. Go and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Matthew 28. It means go and create a culture around you that cultivates the people around you that shows what heaven looks like on earth. We did that yesterday, didn't we? A lot. Jesus said, Peace be with you. This is a challenging one. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. We are an apostolic people. Do you know why Guy is an apostle? because he's creating an apostolic people that that is what apostles do they 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 encourage the saints towards the works of service that's what Ephesians 4 ministries does and so we are a sent people caught up with a sent movement who is headed up by an apostle who's saying let's go and that's that's what it's about and so this great quote, George MacLeod, says this. He says, I simply argue that the cross be raised again at the center of the marketplace as well as on the steeple of the church. I'm recovering the claim that Jesus was not crucified in a cathedral between two candles, but on a cross between two thieves. On the town garbage heap at a crossroad so cosmopolitan that they had to write his title in Hebrew and Latin and in Greek. At that kind of place where cynics talk, smut and thieves curse and soldiers gamble because that is where he died. And that is what he died about. And that is where churchmen and churchwomen ought to be and what churchmen and churchwomen should be about. And you are empowered to do that. And so as we wrap this up, I could talk about Philip in Acts 8. I would love to, but it's not time. I just want to make just four headline comments as we land. You are significant. This new wine skin that we're beginning to build within commission is a. We are moving from just simply talking about big church to big people. It's not simply about big church; it's about big people. And you are big people in God, and by that I mean you are powerful, you're significant, your world changes. God has chosen to spend the rest of eternity with us. We're royal sons and daughters who are raised up to protect and create a realm where people can prosper. Bringing heaven to earth your role in the world is to create a realm where people can prosper. It's not simply did they pray the prayer. We want that. We want salvation, but it's it's like Acts eight. All joy came to the city. You, you can create a realm that can prosper. Managers in here, I feel prophetically. Though, and there are those who manage teams in here. You are creating teams where they can prosper you're absorbing things sometimes on their behalf. Like That's the cross, isn't it? Like Jesus absorbed things on our behalf. You're managing to create a prosperity around you for those people. You have responsibility and privilege. That's the second thing. Identity carries responsibility and privilege. There is no second class call or anointing. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, how public you are, how invisible you feel. You are You you are significant and you are world changing. Everyone is significant. Did you know you are a revivalist? You can say that. I am a revivalist. You got to say it like you mean it. I was going to get your phones out again. I am a revivalist. And so that means that we are going to pray for revival. Absolutely. But there is a line somewhere where we're praying, but we're for revival. And we're being revivalists that bring revival. And so that means there's times where you're going to lay your hands on the sick. That when you walk into a room, you're, you're an equation changer. That's what I would call you. Where there's turmoil, you bring peace. Where there's sickness, you bring healing. Where there's hopelessness, you bring hope. And so that's, that's the reality. You are a, a, a revivalist, you're an equation changer. You can seize the moment. You know, you'll be in queues probably for showers, no doubt, at some point. Why don't you prophesy in front of the the person in front of you? This is a good environment to do that because you need to be able to do this at Tesco's or Sainsbury's or if you're really middle-class Waitrose. Uh, (laughs) One one of those. I won't mention Aldi and Lidl. We won't go there. Uh, So... um, Actually, I quite like Aldi and little, but um, I don't know what it says about me. But you've got to seize the moment. Jesus gives the keys of the kingdom to, to his disciples. And you know what? What happens is, you know, his disciples turn up in a town uh, and they're hacked off because Jesus is not welcome. And they ask Jesus, could we nuke it? That's what they pray. Uh, that's what they say. Lord, do you want us to call cool fire down from heaven? Do you want us to drop the bomb? It's like, Jesus, don't you think they needed a bit more training before you give them that sort of power, that sort of relief? Like, I tell you what, let's take a three-year-old and give him a gun. I tell you what, let's not. You know, that's how we work sometimes. So I'm telling you, you are released. You've got the keys of the kingdom. You, what you bind in heaven is bound. What you loosen up, all of that stuff is, is what's been given to you. And so I think for some of us, stop faffing around worrying. Crack on. You know, if I put it in theological depth like that. And so what, what, what is really interesting... Is that not only are they, you think, Jesus, what are you doing putting a gun in the hands of toddlers with these disciples? It's like, but the real shocker, the real kicker is, they knew they could. Yeah. <laughs> they really could have. It's like, Jesus, I know put the nuke away. Put Cover the button. We don't need it. Yeah, yeah. He's given them the codes, and they know they can use it. It's like, you, you've been given... World transforming power. You think the President of the United States has power because they, they call it the football, the bag that follows President Trump around with the codes in it. You think he's got power? you got a Bible on you. You've got truth in your heart. You've got the Holy Spirit pulsating through you. You are dangerous. I tell you, I feel slightly intimidated even just standing here with this many empowered people around me. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him this same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms Colossians 1:29 to this end I labor struggling with all his energy which is power which, which so powerfully works in me Jesus says I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven Paul says now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could all ask or imagine according to his power that is work at work within us. Do you get it? Are we getting this through? Yeah. Let's stand together. We're going to have a quick bit of prophetic ministry, and then you guys are going to, going to have a time of your lives prophesying over people, healing the sick, praying for people on site, and in Tesco's, Waitrose, Lidl's, Oldie, Sainsbury's, all of those places. Guys, just be ready. I'm just going to pray. Lord, I pray right now. Let's just reach out our hands to you. Maybe it's a hand on our heart. Maybe it's a reaching out. Lord, I pray right now. These These... These truths that we're hearing, Lord, I pray would you make them so much more than good Bible teaching. Lord, let it live. Let it live. Let it live. Fan it into flame, Lord. Fan it into flame. Lord, we don't want to dance around the edges. We don't want to mess around. We say, Lord, if the disciples in all of that immaturity could, could know they could call fire down on the city, Lord, I pray what could we do as we walk maturely and bring heaven into earth and onto earth, into the lives of people walking down our streets, our cities, our towns and our villages. Lord, we pray through us, would you turn our schools upside down? Would you turn our workplaces upside down? Would you Impact. I pray for those who are married to non-Christian partners. I pray in Jesus' name. I pray right now I release the peace of heaven into the homes of those represented here, Lord. Let, let the, Where there's been arguments, let them cease. Where there's been a, a, a kind of, how do I bring truth? I pray for wisdom. I pray for parents to be given wisdom to parent in a way that represents heaven on earth. Lord, we say release us, we pray. Lord, we repent where we've struggled to believe you, struggled to take you take at your, your word and now we say lord we, we confess we say lord we want to be obedient whatever the outcome we say that success is the obedience is the step not the outcome and we say lord would you release us to be great in all that you've called us to be thank you lord come just keep receiving come you guys just quickly come and prophesy the
2: guy in the red top there with the beard that you're looking at me you what's your name stephen you're stephen is that the one that was prophesied over brilliant i got um i just felt for you that it, uh, i felt god say that it's time to break open the box that surrounds you that um that you've almost said over yourself this is it and there's nothing else um, and there's nothing new for you. And I think our Father just says it's time for you to know the truth that your God is the God of the impossible, and you'll just really start dreaming about your adventures with you and him. Um, and if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Ooh. So my, he says, my son, there's no limitations. You need to start dreaming. Wow. Fantastic. Is there anyone here called Crystal, or Crystal is really significant to you? Crystal? Anyone love Crystal? Crystal in your address, in your name? Crystal's on rings? No? Okay, we'll move on.
4: Um, There are some people here this morning, I think, who um, have the rainbow as a particularly uh, apposite image uh, that you actually uh, just hold on to. Uh, Any people here who... You, the rainbow, as being particularly significant. That's wonderful, isn't that fantastic? I just sense the mercy of God over you uh, just today. The sheer mercy of God over you, and, and just a strong sense of God wanting to say to you, Don't you know I'm the covenant keeping God? I'm the covenant keeping God for you personally. and and for what you're engaged in. So be blessed with the mercy of God and with the sense of God keeping his covenant. And just secondly, and really, really quickly here here, here this morning, there are some older uh, people in the room, I'm 64, so I kind of know the agenda slightly, who are thinking they are a spent force. I actually had that phrase, spent force. And I want you to know this morning... any, anybody willing to admit to that, to feeling a spent force in, in any sense at all? I want you to know in Jesus' name that while you have spent, you are not spent. While you have spent yourself uh, in, in terms of lifestyle, you are not a spent person. And God is going to download resources to you this very, very day, resources that you can further spend in the energy of the kingdom. Yes, sir. Whoa. Yeah. Can we just keep, you guys, if you've got your hands
1: up, just get, can you just lay some hands on these guys and pray for them, that spent one who's no longer spent in that way?
5: Hi, I'm I feel like this is for you. Um, what's your name? Yeah. I, ah, cool. um, I got the word dream and I feel like um, the Lord's um, encouraging you to dream uh, big things with him um, versus nothing's impossible with with God and I feel like he's saying um, that um, you're not to like discard anything that seems unrealistic right now but to pray into it because he's a God of the impossible um, and I feel like the Father's encouraging you to not dream by earthly standards but to dream by heavenly wow. ones.
1: Wow, Can we just lay some hands on you and get you prayed for? It? Come on Tim.
3: This is just a quick one. Um, so a specific. I just feel something specific. Is there someone here called Luke or Lucas and you work in research or something like that or digging out stuff in the environment sector? No? No hands? That's great. Okay, thank you.
4: Um, Just as Duncan was talking, he's talking about reading history on revival, but I just felt God say, it's fantastic to look back on that and read it, but go make history as well. That's for today as well. It's not just back then. It's not just about 1904. It's about today as well. Go and make history as well. amen.
1: Amen. So here's some declarations over you. You have been empowered. You have been empowered by Jesus to advance the kingdom of God on earth. You are a world changer and you are God's representative on earth. Amen. So be blessed, enjoy your lunch, enjoy all the fun activities and we're gathering again tonight. God bless you and thanks for coming along. Really appreciate it. God bless.